My name is Dulce Valencia and welcome to Telenovelas con Dulce, the podcast where each week I guide you through the dramatic world of telenovelas, covering everything from the plot, the insults, the secret twins, and the unforgettable love stories in between. This is a podcast made for telenovela lovers just like me. Hi friends, my name is Dulce Valencia and welcome back to Telenovelas con Dulce. This episode is a little bit special because we're going to be covering the the first ever telenovela. That's right, today we're going to be covering Senda Prohibida. So because I'm covering the first ever Mexican telenovela, this episode is going to be a little bit different. Instead of focusing a lot on the plot, I'm barely going to even touch on the plot because really this episode is all about the making of this telenovela and how this telenovela even came to be. This is like the thing that started everything. And we have, you know, over, I think it's 800 now Mexican telenovelas because of this one telenovela. So I'm going to be very much nerding out about the process and everything that went on behind the scenes to make this telenovela happen. But before I get started, another reminder, I'm going to be covering more telenovelas coming up. If you have any thoughts, comments, suggestions, please let me know. Oh, and also exciting announcement. OGs will remember that I used to sell stickers on Etsy. Um, no longer doing that. I gave that up also like two years ago because it just wasn't sustainable. And uh, But I now have a shop. It's called telenovelasconduce.com. And you can shop a bunch of stuff. It's really cool. I made this like Teresa Eras inspired t-shirt that I'm really proud of. And I'm, <laughs> I'm nerding out about it. But yeah, check it out. Link is going to be down in the comments down below. Check it out. See if you like. And the best part is I'm not handling shipping. So it's much faster than the telenovela delivery time used to be. Because I used to do everything and it was just, it took a while. But now it's all sorted out. So go ahead and check it out. If you will. And yeah, if you would like to support the show, that's the way that you can support it. But anyway, without further ado, let's just go ahead and get started. As I mentioned, Senda Prohibida was the very first Mexican telenovela. It premiered in 1958, so over... I'm going to try to do math real fast, and I'm going to fail miserably. Oh my god, that is over 70 years ago, something like that. Oh my god, this is embarrassing. It premiered a while ago, and it was produced by Telesistema Mexicano, which you're going to be like, you may be wondering, what even is that? It used to be, it eventually became Televisa. There were basically two major, two major, I guess, television networks and broadcasts, and they competed against each other, but in the end, they ended up merging and forming what now become became and is known as Televisa. But Telesistema Mexicano was the one that um, made this telenovela happen. And this telenovela was broadcasted from June 12, 1958. Um, and it ended right before the year ended because it only had like 50 episodes or something like that. And it was broadcast Monday through Friday as is common with telenovelas. This story starred Silvia Derbez. You may know the name just from her being an iconic uh, star and, you know, actress of cinema. And she did this telenovela, the first ever. Uh, but she is also the mother of the iconic Eugenio Derbez. So that's another way you may know who that who that is in the name. It may sound familiar. Uh, Jesus Gomez Obregón was the producer of this telenovela. He actually is the one that commissioned 
not commissioned. He was the one that made this all happen on behalf of Colgate Palm Olive. And you may be thinking, Colgate, like the toothpaste company? Yes, because that is what's so cool about these telenovelas. I'm going to, I'm going to actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm going to slow down a little bit, then I'm going to dive into it. Uh, so Jesus Gomez Obregón recruited Fernanda Villeli to write the first ever telenovela. She was a really famous writer, successful writer. She went on to write other really iconic telenovelas like El Diario de Daniela, Cuidado con el Ángel, and adapted stories like El Derecho de Nacer and Muchacha Italiana Viene a Casarse. So she was really, she was legit. And he was like, basically, Fernanda, we're going to do this for television. Are you coming? And she was like, okay, I kind of need more information, but like, sure. So they teamed up did this telenovela. It was very successful. If it not, if it wouldn't have been successful, we probably wouldn't have telenovelas be the thing they are today. At least, uh, and again, like, this is a big caveat. This is all Mexican telenovelas. Brazil had other stuff going on too, like other countries, but this is strictly Mexican telenovelas. So, Senda Prohibida went on to be a big success. There were, there were and have been multiple adaptations of this story, including El Dolor de Amar in 1966, Amor Prohibido in 1979, Senda Prohibida most recently in 2023, which was produced by Vix. They've been if y'all have been keeping up, they've been kind of rebooting and adapting these older classic telenovelas. So they did this one in 2023, starring El Abelden, whom you may know from Caer en Tentación. She played one of the twins, uh, if you remember me diving into Caer en Tentación with Kim. Iconic time, iconic time. That telenovela. Ugh. But anyway, a little bit about Senda Prohibida. Senda Prohibida tells the story of an ambitious secretary named Nora, played by Silvia Derbez, who falls in love with her boss, a respectable and wealthy man, played by Francisco Hambrina, who is married and has kids and everything. And it's basically her journey to the top. And it is so fun just knowing that this was the first telenovela because as I've talked about, I feel like a lot of heroines uh, from telenovelas specifically, they end up being like these really good characters, really goody two-shoes. You know, we have a little bit of outliers in Teresa and Ruby, but most of the time, telenovela protagonists are good and heroic and that's what they became known. So it's really interesting to know that the first telenovela had a Ruby slash Teresa type character where she's not necessarily a good person. She is legit trying to seduce her married boss and trying to get ahead and very ambitious, which isn't a bad thing. I've, I've always stood by ambition is not a bad thing, but she is definitely trying to ruin a marriage here and it does not end well for her. So really cool. That is a story. There were, again, only like 50 episodes and they were 30 minutes long. Uh, I would, I will make sure to check where you can find it. I'm not sure. It might be on YouTube. But yeah, really, really fun, fun story. Shock the nation because you had this topic of adultery being discussed on primetime television. And this was during a time where no one talked about this. Like this was respectable Mexico. Like this was the Alta Sociedad. People did not talk about adultery 
but it happened of course it did and so when it premiered you part of the reason it was so successful was because it stirred a lot of conversation with women who were like yeah my husband has cheated on me and I don't want to you know like they were they felt seen for the first time on television and their struggles more importantly were being seen so super super duper cool so now I'm going to set the stage for you all on how this all came to be and why. So we're going to nerd out. <laughs> uh, so why did this become the first ever telenovela, you may be wondering? Well, let me set the stage for you. Radio telenovelas were very popular in the time. So there were these serialized stories that were told through radio and... People love them. People were tuning in. By the way, my name, my full name, my full name, uh, my, yeah, I guess full name is Dulce Yadira. And the reason that's my name is because my mom, when she was little in our village, she listened to a radio telenovela and the main character was Dulce Yadira. Like radio telenovelas were big, but also TV was becoming more of a thing during this time. And there was this executive, Jesus Gomez Obregón, who worked at Palm Olive Colgate, and he saw what the U.S. was doing with soap operas. And the reason they were called soap operas was because there were these serialized content being created to cater to housewives to sell them products. Products like soap, for example, which is why they became known as soap operas. But they were very much geared towards women because women at that point were, and I, th I think still, were the heads of household they were the ones that were doing all the shopping for at home and so they were doing these stories but really it was just a plot to sell products consumerism at its finest so he saw what was happening in mexico in mexico in the united states and then he also i guess saw the popularity of radio telenovelas and was like why don't we merge these and palm olive colgate was like we got the money like we're gonna make this happen and just, you know, put it all together. So put it all together, he did. He recruited Fernanda Vielli, whom, as I mentioned, it was a writer, a successful writer at the time, mostly known for radio telenovelas. And he came to her and basically was like, I need you to write a story that's gonna captivate audiences. And Fernanda Vielli and her pen were like, say less, this is done. And there's actually like a really fun passage. Uh, I was reading this book that was all about telenovelas and how they came to be. And one of the things he told her when he was reviewing her scripts was like, se ven, Fernanda, no se oyen, estamos en la televisión. Which translates to, we see, not we hear, Fernanda, we're in television. Because... For so long, she had been writing strictly for radio. So, of course, like when she was writing scene directions or, you know, just X, Y, and Z, she was writing, you hear, because that was what the audience was doing, you hear. But he was like, no, we're on TV now. Remember, we're going to see things. So it was a really cool experiment because no one knew what they were doing. No one knew if it was going to work. There were no directors, no real producers, how we have come to know them there was no say say uh, you know there was no like big institution you know training directors training writers training actors like this all just came to be which is so exciting so the production itself was really fascinating and interesting because again they were just kind of you know doing this like 
without really knowing. Like, Jesus Gomez Obregón worked for Colgate. Like, he was, he didn't go to, you know, AFI or, you know, he wasn't like this really successful producer. He was an executive at Palmolive. And so what they had and how this came to be was basically Colgate had the money. They were like, we got the money. And Telesistema was like, we have the space where you can film. Great, make it work. So what they did is they recruited actors to be in this. And again, because this was the very first time that they were doing something like this, uh, there was no... There was no wardrobe, no makeup artists, no catering, uh, no set movers. Like the actors themselves, they had to bring their own costumes, bring their own wardrobe, bring their own little loncheras, their own lunch, do their makeup. And between takes, they had to help set it up for the next thing. And so it was a very much like, I don't know how, if anyone has done community theater or just theater in general, it was very much, it reminds me very much of that. And the actors almost quit. So the way that filming worked was back in the day, um, it was very, very, very expensive to edit. So they just didn't edit. So they would do one takes and if there was a mistake or if a camera was off or a light was off, they would just simply re-record it again. There was no editing because it was just too expensive to do. So what they did is for the first three episodes, they did pre-record them and they, you know, they submitted the tapes and the tapes got aired. But following that, everything was filmed live, which meant, you know, these were 30 minute episodes. It meant actors had to memorize a bunch of dialogue, a bunch of pages a day before doing this five nights a week. And it was just not easy, not sustainable. And so the actors almost quit because they wanted a device called El Chicharron, which I don't know if y'all listened to way, way, way back when I did an episode with Ana Lorena Sanchez. She talked about El Chicharron. El Chicharron is a device, an earpiece, essentially, that telenovela actors in particular use. And you have someone feeding you your lines, but then it's up to you to say them and, you know, act and add all the layers and make it a compelling performance but it's fascinating because they were like we need a chicharron like there's no way we're gonna know memorize every single pages and do this five nights a week this is ridiculous but they didn't want to give them the chicharron because they're like your actors your professionals you have to do this and so they threatened to quit and they almost did but at the end, they were like, fine, you can have El Chicharron. So they had El Chicharron, which now telenovela actors to this day still use because, you know, you have, especially like older telenovelas, you had all, sometimes even 200 episodes filming daily. Pages were constantly given to you. There's absolutely no way someone can memorize that much dialogue. And even El Chicharron, like while it's helpful, it's still not the easiest thing to have someone constantly feeding you the lines and then you have to at the same time be saying your lines and it's just a really really complicated and so just fascinating but the telenovela almost didn't happen because they wouldn't give actors el chicharron so as i mentioned it was filmed live five nights a week silvia derbez was super nervous to play this character as i mentioned not a good person so she didn't know what to expect, famously said she would never go on and do another telenovela. Of course, she did go on to do other 
other stories, but no one knew if this was going to work or not. So, you know, Fernanda Vieli describes sitting down with her husband and getting ready to watch this telenovela for the first time. This great experiment that, again, no one, no one knew what to expect. And then sitting down and seeing the story and more importantly, seeing the impact it had on audiences across Mexico. This story that just captivated everyone, that told a story that no one no one at the time again was talking about adultery or cheating or you know like like these real issues that affected specifically women so she sat down saw it happen and the rest was history fernanda vielli as i mentioned went on to be an incredible writer wrote a bunch of classics jesus gomez obregón also went on to write or sorry to produce other telenovelas and eventually they got really good at this whole process of telenovelas and they eventually became what we know of them today. These really highly produced products, really, of Mexico that are so, what's the word? They're just so unique to Mexico. Other countries make telenovelas, but especially like older ones, like no one was making them like Mexico was. And it all happened because of this little story called Senda Prohibida. And that is that is it for this episode. I know it's a little shorter than normal, but uh, I just hope you enjoyed it. I have loved learning more about the history of telenovelas. Um, the earlier history was not very well recorded because, again, no one knew they were going to become what they became. So it's just really cool to go back and see everything and how everything came to be. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Next week, I'm going to be talking to you all about... Actually, I haven't decided yet, so... Stick around. We'll see what we talk about. I haven't decided which telenovela I'm going to be talking about, but it's from the list you all know. So that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed. Hope you learned something and I will see you all again next week. Bye, everyone.